Seven out of ten proctologists recommend listening to The Drew Marshall Show. International music festivals to teaching some of the largest yoga classes in America, MC Yogi is widely becoming known as yoga's modern-day ambassador to the West, blending his love and knowledge of yoga culture with hip-hop, reggae, electronic music, and the odd cover song of ABBA. <laughs> well, I always pick on ABBA. Because you love them, deep down. It's a guilty pleasure of yours. MC Yogi is recognized as a leading voice in the emerging genre of conscious music. With three number one world albums and hundreds of appearances each year, MC Yogi's music is moving yoga to large mainstream audiences. And uh, hey Canada, MC Yogi is namasteing his way up this way, eh? Should I say yo instead of eh? No, I think that's enough from you. Okay. (laughs) Each tour stop includes a 60 to 90 minute yoga class with MC Yogi with music by DJ Drez. 30-minute dharmic talk with his wife Amanda, and a one-to-one-and-a-half-hour concert dance to follow. You want to hit him up in Kelowna. Oh, wait, that's too late, November 12th. Tonight in Banff, if you're listening, go to it tonight, Banff. Calgary, November 15th. Edmonton, November 16th. Toronto, November 18th. Montreal, November 19th. MCYogi.com, that's the website. He's on the line. What's up? Hey, what's up, Drew? Thanks for having me, man. Oh, nice phone connection. What are you in, like the Motel 6 in Yellowknife? Yeah, I think I'm like I'm out in the woods somewhere <laughs> using a bare cell phone. <laughs> That's horrible, man. Horrible. Hey, did you bring Mahatma with you? You know, I I bring him everywhere I go. You do not. You can't bring a dog across the border like that, can you? Well, you know, he just I just he just passed away uh, oh. last week. So no, no, I did not wow. ask that question. True. <laughs> Ouch. <sighs> actually, it's actually beautiful because. Uh, he was with me 16 years. He was a street dog. He was homeless. He was beaten and abused. He was Man. mostly pit bull. And uh, he lived an awesome life with us. Went to a million yoga classes. Totally fell in love uh, with yoga. He was a yoga mutt. And uh, he just lived an awesome... He had a great run. We had a good time together. Now, you know, he's with me in spirit wherever I go. You know what we're going to try to do? We're going to call the uh, cell phone number of your uh, tour manager there to see if we can get you on that line because... 
Uh, yeah, you know, this it is horrible, and it's. I don't want to kill our listeners with some kind of irritating earwax, right? So you got it, man. Uh, so go ahead, and hang up, and we'll get you on that mobile phone, okay? Okay. Awesome. All right. Just a, a short break with uh, MC Yogi while he tra- we track him down on the mobile phone. The guy is is uh, he's a pretty interesting cat. Let me just say, three number one world albums, hundreds of appearances each year. He's a San Franciscan who practiced yoga in Adidas shell shoes, uh, which didn't stop him from putting his leg over his shoulder. <laughs> he beatboxed over the Ohm chant with the help of some uh, stilt walkers. Can you tell him just filling filling space and time? Is he on the phone? You're there? doing really well, though. Thank Drew. you. I'm just making up stuff. I don't even know what really? I'm doing. Really? Okay. I lost interest. Right. MC Yogi, still there, man? Yeah, I'm here, brother. Oh, oh, so much better. Geez. So much better. All right, listen. You and I have very little in common, right? I suck at dancing. I suck at yoga. But what we do have in common is our love of music, especially this little track, which I blasted out the windows when I was driving in the hearse. I grew up in a funeral home, and here's a little tune that I think oh, you might kidding. you might like from back in the day. Have, have a listen. Tell me if you think this is familiar. Oh, come on, man. You're killing me. Out of a hearse, man. I love it. If some body part ain't moving right now, you're in the back of the hearse. <laughs> All right. All right. So the other thing we have in common is that we've both been booted out of four schools. Wow. And you know, I used to I used to bump that song in my grandpa's El Camino. <laughs> it's, it's close to a hearse, man. Did you have the uh, hydraulics and the uh, underlights as well? Uh, you know, I recently shot a video in L.A. and my buddy let me borrow his uh, 1964 Chevy Impala with hydraulics. That was kind of fun. That's good. That's good. Can you remember the one of the first raps you ever did? Oh my god. I I can remember the first rap song I ever heard. Yeah. And uh that was from a group uh out of California. It was three girls called JJ Fad. They were actually on Ruthless Records. It was like nineteen eighty six, eighty seven. I was probably about six or seven years old. And I heard it from my neighbor who was a young Jewish kid who was also a, a rapper and he was like the only kid that I knew on my block that could rap and he was absolutely horrible. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, oh man, that's isn't that anti-Semitic? Like I, that's anti-Semitic. I don't think you're allowed to say that. No, it's just anti-anti-whack <laughs> rapper. But, but he, actually, <laughs> he, he totally inspired me, and I started writing rhymes. And uh, he's a great kid. We were good yeah. friends. And, well, and that's okay, how it all started. Okay, so you started yoga while you're in a group home reform school, whatever it was when you were a teenager. You're a rat bag growing up. Um, what were you doing in a group home though? Like, was it really that bad? Well, you know, I I, um, I got arrested. I, I I grew up as a graffiti artist, and and I got arrested a bunch. I literally got caught red-handed. Um, I remember there was one time there was about I want to say there's about forty of us, and we were out sort of roaming the streets. And um, I had a bunch of cans, and I painted this wall, and I I tossed the cans, and then we went and hit downtown. And I was walking around, and the police pulled us over, and he saw that I had a little bit of graffiti on my hat, and he asked. If I did that, because that was the artist he was looking for, and I said, "No, that's my buddy. He painted that." And then he said, "Let me see your hands." And I pulled out my hands, and they were still dripping with paint. Oh, and I was geez. literally caught red-handed. red-handed. That's nice. <laughs> I like that. But around so around eighteen, you bust out of the group home, start doing yoga, and from what I've understood, you started doing it because your dad was doing it, and you saw the difference it made in him. But what was he like before yoga? Like, was he a rat uh, bag like you? He was pretty stressed, man. Like he had this huge mustache and uh, he was overweight and he was chain smoking and just not very healthy. 
And when he started practicing yoga and changing his diet, like he, he just became more fit, more happy, more relaxed, more, it was like literally a different human being. Hmm. Uh, and, and when I saw that, I was just, cause you know, I experimented with a lot of drugs and, you know, did a lot of crazy stuff and, um, nothing really seemed to satisfy that desire to really feel, you know, lasting peace. Like I'd get a little glimpse of like some, you know, some, some, some ecstasy or some bliss, but it wouldn't last. Yeah. And then you get that, that nasty hangover and feel like crap the next day. Uh, and then when I found yoga and started meditating and it, it just, it was a more steady stream of just feeling good. Yeah, the hangover the next day is the lactic acid buildup. <laughs> yeah, different different kind of acid. Okay, but what was the switch that went on for you? Right, I mean, it's it's got to be more than just watching what yoga did for your dad. I mean, you went from a punk to this inspirational dude who tours around the world rocking people's asinas. <laughs> was was there uh, a, was there a defining moment? Yeah, I think there was like there was a constellation of events that were just like acupuncture points that just kind of pierced my mind and really opened me up. And uh, a couple of those moments were, you know, to be honest in India uh, and just traveling, backpacking through India and going to ashrams and temples and going to these ancient um, sort of monuments, these mountains and rivers, and just kind of experience the accumulated spiritual energy and practice that people have been doing for just generations. I mean, I was my mind was blown. I, I had the good opportunity to record a bunch of music in India with some um, friends who play um, Indian instruments like the sitar and the tabla. And uh, I remember this good friend of mine who was a master sitar player. His name is Dale Brat. You know, he was telling me that his family has been playing music for the Maharaja, for the king, for like ten, fifteen generations. Wow. And and that you know that that history and that tradition that lineage it just goes back so far. Like I, I'm first generation American on my mom's side. She immigrated from Portugal. Um, so the the idea of something stretching back that far and, and it keep going is it just totally inspired me. But you you went from Nicholas on a mountaintop in India to MC Yogi on a rooftop in India. So, <laughs> yeah, so t- tell me about this amazing mountaintop experience that you had, right? I mean, were you, was it shrooms? Was it ayahuasca? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> no, it was it was it was walking barefoot up this um, up this mountain and not knowing that there was a bunch of poisonous snakes on the path. And, and thank God I didn't know because I probably wouldn't have gone up there. And then traveling up to these caves where these yogis meditate, um, and just sitting up there, you know, above the clouds and seeing the sunrise come up and then the sun shining down on one of the most ancient temples in India and being up there and just sitting and and talking to the young sadhus, the young mystics who live in a little tent on the top of the mountain and just drinking tea and and just kind of, just like us, you know, just kind of like shooting the shit and and hanging out and and getting to know each other and each other's traditions and, and then, you know, having that moment of like where everything kind of falls into place and everything makes sense. Uh, can you can you give me an example of like I'm new to the whole world of mantras and and you know I came out of the Jesus scene and still am hanging around the Jesus scene and you know your gang freaks us out right first of all right. first, first of all there's weird smells true and then there's like there's mantras and meditation and stuff but can you give us an example of a mantra meditation that you dig pretty regularly well, you know, my wife is in the pro. My wife is, um, she's also an artist. And right now she's doing this project. She's painting 10,000 Buddhas and she's doing, um, these murals all across the country. 
Um, and she's on a mission. She painted like 5,000 already. And she did some in Miami, down in Los Angeles and all over. She's painting these murals uh, with spray paint. And I've been kind of supporting her. And one of the mantras that we've been practicing along with that project is the is the Buddhist mantra, Oh Mani Padme Home, which is the mantra that the Dalai Lama recommends. It's the mantra of compassion. And basically like the rough, rough, really basic translation is that there is a jewel or a diamond inside of us, but it's wrapped in the petals of a flower that are closed. And when we open up to more love, more light, more compassion, the flower, the lotus opens and that light shines into the mind. So the mind becomes really, you know, filled with like poetry, with like prayer and, and, and thoughts that are really like, you know, ecstatic, happy, joyful, hmm. compassionate. And so that mantra, oh, money, pud me home. Um, and if you ever travel to Tibet or Nepal, you see that mantra, you know, written on the on the walls and on the rocks and on, you know, sometimes on the prayer flags. Hmm. Uh, and it said, the more you chant that, oh, money, pud me home, oh, money, pud me home, oh, money, pud me home, the heart starts to soften open and more light starts to shine into the mind. And, and you can start to feel that, you know, that energy of compassion and love growing inside you. It sounds like a little prosperity doctrine. Oh, oh, no, listen, listen. Oh, money, pad me home. And the diamonds yeah, and the jewels. Are... I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that, there it is. It's opulent. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite mystic? Stan Lee? Oh, my God. How'd you know? I know. I uh, love the bullpen, man. Stan the man Lee. Excelsior. For sure, dude. I, I mean, I, my, probably my favorite. I, I would say it's a toss-up between Stan Lee and Professor X. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There it is. I knew it. Would you, hey, would you ever recommend that a fine artist date a graffiti artist? I mean, what, how can those worlds ever meet, man? You know, it's it's sort of like um, I don't know. I think of the greats. You know, I'm all, I'm I'm inspired by by John Lennon and Yoko Ono, or you know, Diego Rivera and uh, Frida Kahlo. I always think of these like great artists who come together and they kind of they create their art. The, the two of them, their art's so different, but when they come together, it gets even weirder. Hmm. Um, and so I think it works somehow, you know? All right. I, I'm going to give you one of these uh, pick questions. Choose. John Lennon, Bob Marley, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, Dalai Lama, Rosa Parks, Nelson Mandela, and Gandhi walk into an MC Yogi concert. <laughs> and you only have time to invite one of them up on stage. Which one are you going to pick? Oh. I'm going to invite MCA from the Beastie Boys because uh, he's, one, he's one of my greatest influences. <laughs> oh, was, man. He, was he the the Buddhist one? Was he with the? Yeah, okay, he was. Right. He really he fought for for Tibetan freedom, and hmm. he actually had a great song called Bodhisattva Vow on uh, this album, Ill Communication, and it was the first. Actually, no fun fact: like the first time I ever even heard the word Namaste was from a Beastie Boys record. So I really kind of got initiated into the whole spiritual thing through hip-hop, which is kind of interesting. What was it like staying at Gandhi's farm in India? It was like, it was low budget, man. It was, <laughs> it, it, was, it was like, it was raw. I mean, we, we stayed in a barn, and every morning you wake up like at four. Actually, you know, you know on a serious note, you know, right now, in light of everything that's happening in Paris. Yeah. Um, Gandhi really was a huge sort of advocate for the deep understanding and recognition that every single religion is important and has a, a powerful message. But also, at the same time, every religion has fanatics and fundamentalists. Mm -hmm. 
So it's it's not the religion that's the problem. It's the misunderstanding of the religion that's the problem. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier on the show, the bastardization of the religion. Yeah, it's it's a real tragedy. And, you know, I mean, that's why I'm so grateful that I discovered yoga and meditation in my lifetime and that I get to, you know, travel huh. and and perform and share this stuff is because I feel like we need we need more love, more peace, more music, more coming together, dancing, celebrating, just having a good time in the spirit of peace because man, Lord knows, uh, you know, I want, you know, we want to leave the kids with a better world. And, and, and personally for me, music is a great way to kind of, to broadcast that message. MC Yogi, do you think true seekers land? True seekers? Yeah. Do they land? Like, are they, are they not grounded? No, I mean, can true seekers, like, what's the point of seeking? The, is, is not the point of seeking to find? And do true, right. do true seekers ever actually find? Or is, this a, is it just a perpetual state of seeking? Well, there's a, there's a great saying um, that I love to, to share with people because it's a great reminder for myself that the one you're, seek, the one you're looking for is the one who's looking. Um, so sort of in our Western culture, we have this idea that, you know, we want to climb the corporate ladder. We want to get ahead. We want to get in front of the curve and be cutting edge and all these things, which, you know, I agree with. But at the same time, like if we're going out, 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 out all the time, then we're kind of missing the point because the finish line is just a few feet behind us. Hmm. Um, so I'm always reminded that, you know, that which we're seeking is the one who's seeking. And if I can, if I can stop and breathe and reconnect and become present, and remember that, you know, that's when I feel like I've won the race. Well, okay, let's let's. Uh, I've been told we're li- we got to be a little uh, tight with the time here, so I want to respect that. Um, are you? No, okay? no, no. Come on, Drew. I got, I got all the time in the world for you, man. You could, I'm a yogi. You can stretch it out as much as you need to. Dude, I just skipped like 93 <laughs> questions that I thought were cheesy <laughs> to get to the good stuff, man. <laughs> now I got to go back to the cheese. <laughs> Um, so the, you shut up. So only love is real, right? That's your big quote. People quote Gandhi. That's how they quote you. Only love is real. What the heck does that mean? Well, let's, let's look at the metaphor of, uh, clouds in front of sunshine. So clouds are going to come and go. I'm looking at right now. I'm in Banff, right? I'm looking out at these trees. It's snowing. It's foggy. It's gray. And even though I can't see the sun, I know that the sun is shining. So for me, because I've been through so many experiences of where I felt, you know, really depressed and anxious and filled with fear and hatred and anger and, and just upset at myself, the world and everything, you know, through yoga, I was able to find that place inside of me where I know that there's always that love, that light. So even when things kind of seem dark and cloudy, because I know that that sun is shining, I can remember and remind myself that, look, it's a little difficult right now, but just remember the sun is there. It's behind the clouds, and eventually these clouds are going to pass. You know, George Harrison always said, all things shall pass. You know, this too shall pass, but just know that the love is the only thing that will truly last. (sighs) I still don't get it, man. I must be... (laughs) No, I'm just stupid with this stuff. So... Okay, only love is real, but how do you know what love is, first of all, at the risk of sounding high? <laughs> um, how do you know what love is, and, and, and does, does good love, does right love come with boundaries, or is, is love always boundaryless? 
Wow, that's a great question. You know, I don't, I don't, um, I, I don't think I have all the answers. I think I just have some of the, the right questions. And I think you have some amazing questions too. And I think it would be a disservice to just give a quick, fast answer to these questions because these are the type of questions that it takes a lifetime to understand. And for me, like these are the questions that I'm always asking myself. My teacher, so my first yoga teacher, his name was Larry. Hold on, is and this was, is this the guy with the, the Grateful Dead yeah. dude? Yeah, this was the teacher. Larry used to travel and teach yoga to the great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And Larry used to always, um, he he took me under his wing when I was really young, when I was just fresh out of the group home. And when I was living in San Francisco in, in a place called South of Market. And we were down there, and I was living in the loft. And I used to be like, Larry, like I have this question, big philosophical question. And I'd ask him, just like you asked me right now. And he'd look at me and he'd go, dude. He's like, live in the question, bro. He's like, I'm not going to answer all your questions for you. You got to figure it out. I'm oh. not your, you know, this is before Google. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hold on. Now you're starting to sound like those overpriced shrinks that you pay, <laughs> right? You pay, you pay, and you, you give them this whole deal, and then you ask them, what do you think? And the shrink goes, I don't know. What do you think? And you want to smack them. <laughs> no, it's true, man. I mean, look, uh, for me, all I know is what I've discovered on my own journey, and that is that. After all the drugs, after, you know, getting messed up with gangs and, and violence and all the confusion and the chaos, the one thing that pulled me through all that, to be honest, was the love for my family, from those few friends who kind of stuck around even when it was difficult, the love for my wife, the love for my dog, and the love that I experienced when I, when I just sit and meditate. Um, so for me, that's the one, that's like the rock in the middle of my, my life that I can depend on. I mean, you talked about Jesus, um, you know, for a lot of people, that's their doorway into that, that space, that power. So whatever opens a door for you and, and connects you to that love, man, I applaud, support, and, and salute that in whatever form it takes, just as long as we're not hurting other people. Um, so for me, that's, that's what's real. That's, that's what it's all about. Are you still not talking on Mondays? I talk too much, man. Uh, I did one year where I didn't talk uh, every Monday, and uh, it was my wife's favorite day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm planning on doing. See, here we go again. I, this is the first show I've announced this. Um, I'm planning on being, hopefully, if I can swing this financially, being away next year, uh, October, November, doing the Camino Trail for two months. And, oh, wow. But doing it and, and not talking to anyone. Wait. Are you going to be driving in an El Camino? Yeah, baby. No, that's, yeah. that's the one in Mexico. That's, no, Clint, uh... Clint Eastwood is going to be driving me in his El Camino. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I should probably practice maybe just not talking on one day but, a week. But for, how can you not talk to people? What if there are questions you need to ask, like where's the bathroom or something like that? I will cross my legs and wince. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, okay, so uh, what the heck does does yoga and hip-hop have in common, right? I mean, I thought you'd be hooking into some Yanni and some John Tesh and whale sounds and stuff, but um, actually, that'd be that'd be kind of a, a fresh mashup. Yeah, Get some Yanni and some whale sounds with like some some breakbeats. That could be different. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, hold on a second. Hold on. I just want to. I want you to talk to someone for a second. Just hold on. Okay. This is a surprise surprise call. Can you hear the phone ring? This is my mom. This is my mom calling. Hi, uh, is this Lindsay? It is. Hi. Hi, Lindsay. This is Drew Marshall from the Drew Marshall Show. You are on the phone right now with your hero, MC Yogi. 
MC Yogi, this is Lindsay. Lindsay is a yoga studio owner. Uh, she is a yoga instructor. She is a uh, namasteer of namasteers. And she, she's she, she's the one that told me about you, dude. I didn't know I didn't know nothing about you until this lady lit up talking about you, and I wanted to freak her out and give her a surprise phone call to you. That's awesome. How are you, Lindsay? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. So nice to hear your voice. Thanks for telling everyone about me. <laughs> of course, I'm so awkward right now. Oh my gosh, I'm making soup at home, and I wasn't expecting a phone call. What what kind of soup are you making? <laughs> I'm making butternut squash soup. Oh my god, that sounds amazing! Uh, can you save me a little? I will actually. Yeah, I'll bring some on Wednesday at a concert. Oh, okay, awesome! She's coming Wednesday. We're 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 both going to come down. We got a few people coming down. I'm a little freaked out about this, Lindsay and and uh, MC Yogi, because I am like, dude, I'm the awkward white guy. I'm six four, two forty, and ridiculously awkward. So, Drew, how do you how, how do you look in a unitard? <laughs> well, you let think me, the let, butternut squash looks weird in that that bowl. <laughs> let me just <laughs> let me just tell you, me and a unitard. There's only one part of that word you want to focus on, and it's the last part. Um, yeah, it's not a good. Like what? So what? What's going to go down at this thing? Right? You're on the phone here to promote this deal. Lindsay's excited about it, but I'm a little wigged out. So so help me understand this, man. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna have an awesome yoga class, um, co-taught by myself and my wife Amanda. Um, we've got legendary DJ Drez, the sound ambassador from Venice Beach, Los Angeles, who's an amazing, uh, incredible DJ and yogi. And we're gonna have meditation, relaxation. We're gonna have a Dharma talk. Then we're gonna have a celebration. We're gonna dance, live music, just a gathering. People coming together to have a good time. But is it like what if you're a rookie at the whole thing? Are you gonna feel like a total goofball? No, we had um, some people yesterday in Kelowna who had only been practicing yoga for about a week, and they left there just super stoked. Um, you know, it's sort of like the way I equate it, and maybe Lindsay um, can talk about this too. But when you go to a yoga class, it's like going to the car wash. I mean, it's you go in there and you walk out and you just feel so much better afterwards. So you're saying that from a, even from an like from an instructor's point of view, you're looking at all the students and you can see the look on their face and they're kind of like those cars that just came out of a car wash. They have that sort of new car smell. There, you know that feel that thing. But that's what when you when you finish a class and you look at your students, that's what you feel like. Yeah, we call it the new karma smell when you get that. Uh, new uh, smell. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Lindsay, do you have any cheesy jokes like that? I got lots of them, actually. Yeah, that's pretty good, though. <laughs> Lindsay, you, you talked to me. You asked me a bunch of questions that you wanted me to ask MC Yogi, and I just thought I would let you ask, you know, one of them. Like, for example, uh, MC Yogi, you, you, you have a yoga studio as well? Yes, sir. Lindsay, do you have a question for him about that? Yeah, I just, I'm a new studio owner, too, and I just don't know how you balance and manage like, all the traveling and stuff that you do and, and still keep uh, the studio going and... Lindsay, you how, asked how all long my good your, questions, actually. <laughs> Lindsay, how long has your studio been open for? I opened in July. So just a few oh, months. Cool. Congratulations. Thank so you. Here, here's here's um, how it worked for me, and it's different for everybody. But first five years, no traveling. Like, I, I, I literally, like, the first three to five years, like, my wife and I, we taught all the classes. We didn't travel, and we just built the business. And it, it really takes time. And it's all about just consistency and building community, letting people know that your space is a, a space that people can come and hang out and connect and, 
and practice and it's it's warm and comfortable um and just consistency and then the word gets out word of mouth people talk and and you know if you got good teachers um it just builds it you know i'm I'm looking out at the mountains of Banff right now, and, and the only thing I can say is if you stick with it, it's going to snowball. Lindsay, what's that place you did all the training, and you, now you're a certified something yoga teacher? Oh, Kapala, the Kapala Yoga Center. Yeah, it's a legendary place in uh, Massachusetts. You know, I, I, what I don't understand with this, with you guys in your world, oh, man, it's so confusing, but we can't all do what we want to do and make a living out of it, no matter what Oprah says. <laughs> so... Well, I, I, I'm going to push back a little bit because uh, my experience is different. And honestly, Drew, you're just rocking this radio show, and I'm pretty sure you're stoked about what you're doing. Um, yeah, but I'm but not my, making money at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but my experience is this. I worked at a pizza hut, pizzeria, and I worked a bunch of side jobs. Actually, you know, truth be told, uh, I got fired from most of my jobs. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> but, but with that said... I always had other jobs to supplement my passion. And then once my passion grew big enough, I was able to let go of those other things and just focus on what I really wanted to do. But it was a process. And I think the idea that you can just drop everything and do what you love today without putting in the 10,000 hours is a myth. Hmm. Um, you, you can absolutely do what you love, but you have to be smart and practical and you have to build it slowly. But only excelling at what we are interested in, to me, seems similar to only loving those who are easy to love okay so <laughs> you gotta start you gotta start somewhere <sighs> Lindsay, do you understand why i have such a headache in this in your world <laughs> you need to do a headstand bro <laughs> <laughs> all right Lindsay, is there anything else you want to ask uh, your childhood hero here on the phone no, I'm just so awkward and nervous right now that I'll, I'll wait until I see him on Wednesday and maybe maybe chat then. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good, folks. You, and I got to let you know, just while we got him on the phone, I want to let everyone know that uh, uh, MC Yogi is uh, namasteing his way up this way, and uh, each tour stop is 60 to 90 minute yoga class at MC Yogi and music by DJ Drez. Actually, let's give a little listen. Can we just give a little listen to DJ Drez, one of his songs? Uh, yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, have a little sample of this, folks. I think you might you might recognize this song once it gets going. You'll get it. So I'll give you, that's a little sample of what DJ Drez has put together. Um, and that actually brings me to sort of my, my final question here. Um, what 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 does yoga and hip hop have in common, right? I thought, and I started asking this earlier, but we wanted to surprise Lindsay and get her on the phone here. But so, how does hip hop help people drop in, right? Isn't hip hop more about the noise and the tood and the sticking it to the man? You know, what would Gandhi listen to? WWGD? What would he do? Uh, Gandhi, uh, w Gandhi would probably be listening to Silence. Oh, um, yeah, that's a good one crap but i'm thinking about putting out a record uh, that's just called silence and it's going to be 90 minutes of just pure silence and um you can buy it on itunes and there'll be videos on youtube just a blank screen uh, and i think it's going to be really groundbreaking you know can we i want to sell my dating book my my dating advice book along with that and that's 83 pages of blank space 
<laughs> I think that would go quite well together. No, I don't understand it, man, because the hip hop world is, you know, I just watched I, I when I was when I was living in um, in California, I was live up living up at Hume Lake and and we'd shoot down to LA every once in a while and I had some connections down in Compton area and so we'd be driving around and you know, it was the hood, it was, you know, kind of all tough and and loud and whatever and and uh I just don't see how you know, this whole hip hop thing helps people drop into the into the yoga headspace. Cool. Well, let me let me break it down for you. I'll drop a little science for you. So the yoga tradition and the hip hop tradition have one very important thing in common is they're both oral traditions. They're both passed down word of mouth. Uh, you go to an event, you know, in the beginning, hip hop started in the Bronx, right? It was yeah. people like Cool Herc and Africa Bambata providing an alternative to gang culture. And people would come together in the parks and they'd have free events. People would break dance or be graffiti art, MCs, DJs. It was a communal experience. In the same way, like yoga, like we come together, we practice, we got the physical postures, we got the breathing exercises, the meditation, and we have all the art that goes along with the yoga tradition. So they're very similar in that way that we're passing down information um, through the oral transmission of, of the word. It's the, you know, it's the power of the word. And in the ancient days, um, all the teachings were given from teacher to student through chanting, through rhythm, through rhyme, through meter, through measure, through phrases, hmm. um, what are called sutras. And, and so it was passed down vocally. And then the student would recite it over and over and over again until they memorize it. And like a mantra, every time they would repeat it, the teaching, the phrase would start to unpack itself. You'd start to realize another aspect of the teaching that you didn't see before. So in the same way, hip-hop, it's call and response. Hmm. The only difference is in hip-hop, when the MC says, ho, and the crowd goes, ho, in yoga, you go, oh, and the crowd goes, oh. <laughs> You know. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. This is this is where I want to go with this conversation. With you tweaking hip hop with yoga lingo, the cheese is always close, man. Right. So you've got to be ridiculously authentic. Otherwise, you're like you come off like the weird Al Yankovic of of yoga or hip hop or whatever. You know, I'm a huge uh, fan of Weird Al. Um, I'm also. You know, I'm extremely, you know, I grew up listening to the BC Boys, and those guys are like the the goofiest guys you'd ever listen to <laughs> if you listen to their lyrics. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I you know, I think that we should be having fun, but just making sure that we're actually taking the practice and the tradition seriously. It's, just, it's, it's a lifestyle, it's a culture, it's a practice. It's not just a costume, a fashion, or a wardrobe. It's something that you really do have to put hours and hours and hours into until you understand it on the deepest level, until it's in your bones. And then from that place, you can turn around and share it in, in the way that makes most sense and is authentic to you. The yoga tradition has a great teaching about uh, time and place. Like the teachings are perennial, they're eternal, um, but they need to be modified for the particular time and place for the generation that you're speaking to. So in that sense, it's all about really reverence and intelligence and, and really utilizing your skills and your wit and your ability to transmit an ancient teaching in a way that works for modern people. Dude, <laughs> Lindsay, you were, you were actually right. He's, um, 
He's pretty cool. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I didn't know how to take this, man. Let me just give you the background of this. Every summer, I take a break from doing the radio show, and every summer, I try to hang out with tribes of people that believe other stuff, or with tribes of people that I've kind of made fun of over the years. So I've, now I've hung out with druids, with Satanists, with Wiccans, with... Uh, anyway, this last summer, I did a week of yoga, because, you know, hanging out in the Jesus scene, there's so many freaked out Jesus people over yoga, you know, ooh, you walk by the studio smell the incense oh it must be satan whatever i don't know <laughs> and and so i thought okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it so i did two classes a day i went to Lindsay's studio signed up she judged me thought i was a meathead at the beginning and thought i was you know right Lindsay? yes because you walked in all like Ugh, and you were like interested <laughs> but not interested but you were like you know there's so much resistance from you and it was it was funny yeah yeah so i did a week of of yoga at her at Lindsay's studio beautiful beautiful place up in the country uh, north of toronto and uh and i cried in one class I cracked a tooth trying to hold a freaking pose in another class because oh my my, e- God. my ego got in the way i uh, was in some kind of weird pretzel pose, about to fall over in a pool of my own sweat when I looked up to the bar rail, and underneath it, it said, you are amazing, so I laughed, and I farted, because I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. And I fell asleep in another class, and, and woke up to the startling sound of the entire class busting out into ohm. Almost peed myself. Again, it was just ridiculous. So, But I, I got, I mean, I got my backside handed to me numerous times. I went into this thing, Mr. Judgy Pants, and I came out humbled, seriously humbled. So I don't know what you guys are doing, but I am coming to this thing on Wednesday night in Toronto at the Berkeley Church. And it starts at 6.30, folks. Uh, MC Yogi will be in the city. If you want to check out the rest of his Canadian tour, go to mcyogi.com. Dude, so good to talk to you, man. Likewise, brother. It's such a great honor, and I'm I'm just... You know, I looked at your website and all the other people you've interviewed, and I'm just completely blown away and humbled. Um, you've talked to some incredible people. Now, here's my question. Have you interviewed Donald Trump yet? <laughs> Speaking of meatheads. Oh, man. You know, I'm friends with Kathy Lee Gifford and, and, and the Giffords. Well, Frank's passed. But Kathy Lee and, and, uh, and the Trumps are, are friends. You think I should you know, ask? You, should I call in a favor? I think you totally should. You know, I was supposed to be on the show with Kathy Lee, and it was the day her husband passed. Oh, her. no way. Yeah. Wow. So uh, please please send my, my love to her and um yeah, I, I, I'm I you know, the thing about Donald Trump which is so incredible is is every time I see him that there's only one word that pops into my head and it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh there's other words that come into my head as well. Lindsay, um, is there a, is there something else you want to say to, to uh, MC Yogi as you're gushing and all stammery on the other end of the phone? <laughs> I, I can't think of anything right now. I'm pretty awkward. I'm just. Yeah, I've never seen her like this. I've never seen her this quiet. <laughs> it's phenomenal. MC Yogi. You just, you, I can feel her vibes. And, and Lindsay, I just really appreciate you and, and all that you're doing. And I'm really, I can't wait to meet you. And I'm really. Uh, want to send you the absolute best for your studio. Keep it up. Thank wow. you. I think you're amazing. Oh. I think you're amazing too, Drew. Oh, stop. <laughs> this is just getting awkward now. It's turning into a Hallmark <laughs> moment. All right, uh, MC Yogi, dude, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I don't know how, what the schedule's like on Wednesday, but sure would love to uh, do a shake and howdy, okay? Would love to, bro. What, what a great treat to talk to you, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. Bye, Lindsay. Bye, MC Yogi. Peace Bye. out. <laughs> All right, here's a little more 
uh, stuff. Is that what you say? Yeah, that's how the DJs. Cool that's how the DJs do it, Drew. Word. Faux shiz. <laughs> Short break. We'll be back with more on the Drew Marshall Show.